Hello and welcome to the Unloadable Concept Podcast, second draft, because our recording software has gone everywhere we don't want it to today. That over there is Jeb. Hi. That over there is Fox. You're redoing the intro? What about my happy little penises? <laughs> She's banished to the bedroom. Anyway. Probably for talking about happy little penises. <laughs> we... <laughs> Please, this is Maine. We were at a convention at the start of October, and at that convention, we got sick. That's why we're late. The place we were at was a big wargaming convention. They like trees. Moving on! <laughs> hey, Jeb, have you played any video games? Yep, lots. Cuphead's really good. Tacoma's kind of mad. <laughs> what about you, Fox? Have you done any of the video gameses? Astonishingly, I have. Holy um, shit! Well, I look, mostly because there was Picross on the Switch store, so, you know, that that's going to happen. <laughs> you know what? Picross is Picross. Combining the two the, the two compulsions, the Switch and the Picross, the Switch Cross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too much of a Switch compulsion, actually. Like, mostly because I'm not into Mario, so... Well, I mean, but, but, but what about Zelda? Yes, I've played much Zelda, but that is only one game, and, like, there's... It's not like I finished it yet, but I can't just play it constantly. Surely, surely that would be a After the first pick crossover. Weeks. Oh, you're the worst. You are banished. <laughs> oh, back to the Shadow Realm with me. I really like Picross, and they should make more Picross with pictures of interesting things. It's the, they, like they the most make... shameless tie-in licensing nonsense, but I want it. Just, just Picross for everything. Yes. <laughs> Picks a lot of all the lovely things I personally care about. Yes. <laughs> me. I hope they're listening. Aww. Picross me. <laughs> sure, I see no reason why not. Picross everyone. Everyone gets a Picross. Everyone gets their <laughs> own Picross. We hook up... Forget the... Mario Maker, make Picross Maker. We, we hook up the interstellar selfie station, which can take two-bit pictures of people. <laughs> two-bit pictures just sounds two, like an Two-color pictures. <laughs> Sorry, two-color pictures. It's, not yeah. not two-bits, honey. It's all right, you tried. Two-bit color palette, isn't it? It's like two actual colors? No, no, no. Let's move on. Moving on. Uh, As for myself, I have... Go on. Have you played anything else? Yes, actually. It's polite of you to ask since Talon was just moving on without me. I had banished You knew what this is. I had no idea. Um, I have also been playing Wonder Boy or Wonder Girl. Definitely Wonder mm. Girl in my case. Wonder Girl. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, which I got for Talon in the first place because he was a huge fan of the original. Is a huge fan of the original. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then I realized that the only thing I was playing on my Switch was Breath of the Wild. <laughs> this was before Picross, <laughs> b- before the Picross times. And, and by the way, having Breath of the Wild on the Switch meant that the Switch was not very readily accessible to play Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say that, but. <laughs> I didn't exactly fight for it, no. He, he did not. Anyway, I played it myself mostly because I found out they put it in an easy mode. Yes. Did they? Yeah. Well, there is really an easy have... mode now, which I don't recall there being originally. There was not. There was there. No. It, it's <laughs> no. it's a very hard game. <laughs> yeah. So I, can you, I finished. Can you, can you make progress if you play it on easy mode? Yes. Unlike, say, a <laughs> Cuphead, which is Cuphead. very good. <laughs> I mean, I can make progress in as in as much as I can get an item and then try to work out what this shit it does. Because <laughs> the game's not going to tell me. <laughs> now that's retro. That uh, 
Wonder Girl has a fantastic uh, exploit to it, where mm-hmm. um, the way swimming in it works is that uh, whenever the whenever the character swim, you know, whenever the character moves along in the water, they kind of bob up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it's programmed that you. Like uh, I, I heard this the other day, and I watched I watched someone speed run it, and um, it only checks you leaving water when you jump out of the water. Like, when you actually jump out of the water, it notices that you've left the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you rapidly, like, spin left and right, like, just wiggle left and right... Oh, uh, it doesn't notice. You'll keep... Well, you'll keep bobbing up and up and up and up <laughs> into the sky. <laughs> Goodbye forever! <laughs> I must go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> if that happened in Wonder Boy, you would believe it. <laughs> anyway, so that's been fun. Uh, I, I've had significantly less frustration out of it than Talon has, mostly because there was no easy mode when he tried to play. <laughs> yeah, my normal mode save is now one boss monster uh, behind where Fox is, and I finished that game before. I think you might be two behind now. I got Bird. Oh, nice! I can, I can, I can show you how to get Bird early. <laughs> <laughs> no it cheating! Flying out of the water. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I I fucking love that game, and the remake is beautiful. It's oh, so really it looks glad. incredible! I'm really glad they took whatever advice whoever was giving it to them on board, and you know, made it an easy mode. The animation in that game, holy! <laughs> it's a good time for actual you know cell animated stuff in video games right now. It really is. The thing that dizzies me about that is the animations sync perfectly with the movement of the sprites in the old form, which means that everything it does, it does in the same amount of time as the old ones used to do things. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of makes sense, because it, 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 it didn't have a high frame rate back then. New! I, I say charitably. <laughs> the Master System did what it could. <laughs> it was a Master System originally. Yeah. yeah. Goodness me. The Sega that the... not even Sega fans cared about. Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Tap is from 19... 19- I want to say 1986. And it was the That's third Wonder Boy game at that point. Yeah. Man, they started well, early on them. The other two Wonder Boy games are nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. You know One what is surprisingly you... like it? Something called mm. Little Samson. It's very ah. like Little Samson, yeah. It's got like, yeah. even like the same set of forms, except they're different characters rather than transformations. It's but like the, it's like it's the, like flying the same cast. Well, friends, explain to me what Little Samson is, because I haven't been watching GDQ uh, archives so much. (laughs) Uh, It's a platformer where you play a human, or a dragon, or a mouse that can walk on walls, or a bird that can fly. Is this sounding familiar yet? Oh, no, the the dragon flies, and then the... the the, no, that's the true. Fourth the, dragon, form, yeah. the fourth, the fourth form is is a, a rock is a rockman with huh. lots of health and then goes stomp, stomp, stomp. Also, in that one, the mouse throws bombs. Yes, the mouse is the best because the mouse is cute and tiny and has bombs. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, add explosives. Okay, and mice. Anyway, nice. the community noticed that it's it's a, a great game because apparently getting a copy of it is several hundred dollars if you're lucky. Um, a little, little, uh, little Samson it was the the like last officially released Nintendo Entertainment <gasps> System game. <gasps> Ooh, is Talon looking up how much it costs? I uh, found a copy of it mint in box and Ooh. accredited for thirty 
thousand dollars? You see, it has the the combination of being like what I think it was the last official. I don't know if gimmick was or Mr. Gimmick was or not. Wow! If not the last, then one of the last NES mm. games. Um, it's incredibly know. rare, and it was al- it's also really good. Mm. <laughs> Which, by the way, so is gimmick that really does deserve a remake. There was a basically this is there's a generation of games uh, from that period that just because the the productivity of the world was not so turbocharged as it is now, and because the technology is very approachable to us at our current level of like access, that uh, I, I really feel like it, it would be really nice if, say, like the Master System library lapsed into public domain and people could just remake the hell out of it. But, you know. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Unlikely. That said, <laughs> do you want to know what little, you wanna know what little Samson's name in Japan is? Uh, isn't it Little Samson? Because it didn't get an English release, did it? Oh, no, I'm thinking oh, no, of Gimmick. Did. Gimmick didn't get an English gimmick. release, yeah. Little Samson, known in Japan as Seirei Densetsu Lickle. Oh, yeah, his name is Lickle. Lickle! It's that's fucking wonderful. weird. Anyway, so that's the thing. Um, what else have I played? I, I've i been getting demos for the Switch as well. Because um, I was just sort of idly casting about for, for things to play. Um, there's a... Shit. I probably shouldn't talk about a game if I can't at least remember what its fucking name is. Probably a good rule. There's a quite forgettable rhythm game that you can download a demo of right now. It's kind of pretty and atmospheric, and uh, I was I was quite interested in it at first. Um, and it plays, interestingly, it's a, it's a completely touch rhythm game, uh, but it's using multi-touch, so it's like, uh, it sort of comes to be like playing a piano when you're trying to hit multiple notes at once in different rows. Um, but I found it incredibly hard to tell whether or not I was hitting something or not, so it was just super difficult for me to play. I did not enjoy it at all in the end. Plus, the songs, it's J-pop songs, and they're all in English, and the lyrics are extremely awkward. Oh no. Didn't go well for me. Not not my cup of tea. Someone else might like it. I I would uh, tell you what it is to go and download the demo and try it if I could remember, but I can't. Which is the sum of my recommendation, I think. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and so the last thing I'm... The, so there's a demo on the Switch that you could play if you can find it. <laughs> it's it's probably not hard to find. There's not a whole lot of rhythm games on there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, the fourth and final thing I have been playing this week is uh, I downloaded the demo for Octopath Traveler, the worst-named oh. JRPG yet. <laughs> Seriously. What is the? What is with that name? Well, there's eight paths to travel. Yeah, they're, they're, you know what would have worked well? Eight path traveler. That's what they called it. Not quite. <laughs> I think you find that makes all the difference. That um, oh, I've heard of that. I'm trying to think of where. Um, well, it's a, it's a square uh, JRPG that's being built as as you know in the spirit of Bravely Default. So I'm guessing everywhere. Okay, yeah. And I was totally not, uh, I, I was not coming to the party for this until I saw that uh, one of the characters you can play is like a ranger type with a snow leopard following them around. And I'm like, okay, fine. That's uh, squared. You you have my interest. I will go and download the demo. Uh, guess who you can play in the demo? The snow panther? No. You can play a grizzled warrior man or a sexy dancing girl. Mm. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, okay. 
Um, it was a really interesting demo, actually. Uh, for a, one of the main reasons being it's clearly not made to play on the handheld. Uh, there were bits of it that I couldn't read. And oh. my eyesight is not that bad. It, it's actually fairly good. Wait, and this is, like, in the vein of Bravely Default? Yes. The, the So it's not really accessible to play handheld when it's in the vein of a handheld exclusive series. <laughs> well, according to people talking about it anyway. Okay. I have no idea. I haven't played Bravely Default. I think it might have just been them trying to cash in on the... Uh, on the fan appreciation of Bravely Default. Which, but uh, anyway... Bra- Bravely Default itself was, you know, uh, inspired by traditional Final Fantasy games, so... Sure, sure, yeah. And it's obvious, like, with the the promotional art and everything, they're obviously going for something like that. Um, and it is, it's a sprite, sprite-based JRPG again, which is kind of cool, but it's, like, very heavily filtered and bloomed and effects layered all over the place, so... I actually found it kind of hard to look at in general as well. But, uh, well, they, they sort the, of like... That's the paths you're traveling. <laughs> they've, they've tried to introduce, like, a depth of field effect by blurring things that aren't on, oh. on the immediate level where the character is, and it, it's really hard to look at. Um, I didn't want to say this, because otherwise it'd be beautiful, but it just start, gave me a headache after sound, a while. This is starting to sound almost like some sort of, like, Saga level experimental JRPG. <laughs> it def everything about it was interesting, uh, including the battle system where I couldn't really work out how to do stuff, which is not a thing that should happen in a JRPG with menu combat. You you should be able to work that shit out, especially it, when you're like a. Have, did it have like the 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 skip your turn to build up a charge sort of thing? Like I don't know. Things didn't <laughs> appear to be labeled for the most part. <laughs> I I feel like I must have been missing something. Maybe this is just what's happened to RPG menus since I played them a lot, but I, I, I could, you know, I could attack a thing. The attack command was there. That was easy enough to understand. But, like, I couldn't see hit point bars or anything, so I couldn't work out how well I was attacking a thing. I was just sort of going, okay, um, hit, 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 I guess. Uh, I do other stuff. Anyway, it, I, I got quite angry at it. So that's a video game. Yeah, I don't feel like you should have to decipher an interface before you can work out how to play a game, unless that's the point of the game. I don't think it's supposed to be the point of the game. You have to travel the Octopath to learn (laughs) the UI. Apparently each character gets a unique thing they can do around town that that is like the special way that they and only they can interact with the townsfolk. Um, I did not play the sexy dancer girl, but I understand that her ability is to lure townsfolk to follow her. Just going to leave that there. Um, and the grizzled soldier can duel townsfolk. <laughs> that is the way so that only together. he can relate to the common people. So, so together, <laughs> she can lure people out in order for him to duel them. I think together they rap battle. <laughs> I think you can't ever play no, two of them at once. Would so. fight battle. <laughs> anyway, it it was a whole lot of disappointment for me. I hope it makes some people happy. Is that coming up for anything besides the, the, the Switch? I think it's a Switch exclusive, but I'm not sure about that. I, no then confidence. It me, then it won't make me happy. <laughs> that is a fair call. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, just... every game is lovely for someone, so... You yeah, know. it is. I don't know. They did announce... They did announce that they're re-releasing Star Ocean 3 to the PS4, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, isn't telling? Oh wait, Star Ocean three, not Star Control three. No, Never sorry. mind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Star Ocean four. <laughs> You're gonna I, have to. Four. You're gonna have to decide for that one. Is hmm? that the? Is that the PS? No, not the PSP one. No, that's the PS three one. Mm. Is that the one that's an MMO or is that Star Ocean two? Well, that's all Star Ocean. All Star Ocean. Oh, that's there. right. Star Ocean four is is the one. Uh, uh, um. <clears throat> It's the one where the main character uh, uh, sees the, the 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 girl character in the shower and oh the one yeah. oh but, I mean like um it's, it's bad it's really bad that game is horrible good. game's horrible Star Ocean Four is awful <laughs> Star Ocean the light novel <laughs> if only a Star Ocean light novel would be okay Star so- Ocean. For, Star Ocean 4 is a game where you spend an hour in a crash ship and don't do a fucking thing to start the game. An hour? Yes. Yeah, so Talon, what have you been playing? Well, I've made a contra- concerted effort to play more stuff on my uh, Steam list, trying to make sure I can mark things as completed or completed to my satisfaction. Um, and unfortunately, one of the first things I wound up playing was the Sam and Max episodes, which immediately meant I went back and played the original Sam and Max to double check that I wasn't making things up and it was in fact as good as I remembered. It was <laughs> to yeah to my amazement. Sam and Max, the original, holds up really well. Like especially with comedy stuff, especially with the way that I've progressed as a person since 1994. <laughs> the idea mm-hmm. that that Sam and Max is still pretty good and still really funny surprises me. Yeah. So they mostly um, weren't taking the cheap shots. Sa- Sam and Max has a very specific style of Americana as um, as surrealism. It's not funny because <laughs> we're going to this place that's shitty. It's funny because this place is itself really deeply weird. Right. Go on. And one of the, the random details I really love about Sam and Max going back and replaying it is most people are doing okay. You're not mm-hmm. you're not traveling through this like miserable world where everyone's unhappy. You are be bumping into people, most of whom are doing their jobs or living their lives, and they're all right. They're okay. Things are going okay for them. The only really actively unhappy person is Conroy Bumpus and the people he inflicts himself upon. So you have one rich, really pretentious, image-obsessed person who is actively a horrible asshole, and he's kind of like the genesis for unhappiness, but it's not, hey, we're going to the middle of Kentucky to check out their giant, ridiculous, um, you know, monument. Look at all these ignorant hayseeds. It's like, no, they like it. They're fine. The the comedy comes from how seriously everything gets taken. Right. Also, just to blur down the list of some stuff I have played and will be writing about and generally liked, uh, Sproggywood, Olympia Rising, Hex Cells, and Nuclear Throne. A couple of those sound really familiar to me. <laughs> mm. Mm. Also, uh, the Rise of the Triad remake. I finally got around to playing it. Oh, is that any good? Uh, it is. It is aggressively okay. <laughs> Did the Triad rise at all? I, I feel. I feel kind of like I. That that may sound like an insult to the game. It's. It's really not. Um, I don't think Rise of the Triad is going to be anyone's favorite game ever. I don't think anyone's going to come back to it and go, "Oh my goodness, there's all this depth I didn't realize." But it is lots of fun, and it is like a really polished, more convenient, more accessible version of the old shooters that we used to play. Like, 
if you've gone back and played games like Rise of the Triad or Blakestone or anything like that, and then realized, oh no, there's no autosaves, or there's no convenient level starts, and there's a life system, and what's this bullshit? Rise of the Triad preserves the play experience of those games, but doesn't bring the problems. <laughs> and it, it still has problems, it's still, you know, fine. I mean, it's got coin pickups for crying out loud, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been playing a lot of games in this past month. <laughs> so it's the Rise of the Triad of Rise of the Triad. Yeah, that's annoyingly a good uh, a good way to summarize it. Is this one that's also sweary as hell, or am I thinking of something else? It's sweary. Not like... You mean S-W-E-A-R-Y, right? Yeah, yeah. They're another kind? <laughs> not sweary. Not the not the Japanese indie developer prone for producing extremely surreal stuff. What? Okay. No, definitely not that. No. All right. So that's our wrap-up of our stuff we've been playing. Unless anyone has any more questions for me. Okay. Uh, in which case... <laughs> I'm going to move on because we got another letter asking for advice. We're here to help. Yes. We are right. here to say words. Now, uh... <laughs> Just this, this sent- distinctly less committal than my own, I see. This was Look, sent to I'm me. I'm not promising anything. <laughs> uh, th- this was sent directly to me. Uh, if anything was sent to either of you two, you can feel free to bring that up and we'll, we'll read them afterwards. But, <clears throat> dear downloadable concept, I'm a guy with a collection... 80s and 90s action movies, specifically. It's all in VHS, all properly preserved. I love these movies, and I've been meaning to find some way to share them. My first idea was a movie night at my place. I'm having a hard time making movie nights happen at my place, though. Part of it is where I live. Most of the people I know tend to think it's really creepy, or they get kind of starstruck talking to me, and then we can't just hang out. There's a lot of pressure on me to perform, to be this really (sighs) persona at all times. It's really hurt my ability to have meaningful, emotional connections, especially with other men. What's worse, when I try to find male friends, there seems to be an implication that there's something weird or strange or sexual about that. Do you have any advice for building a friend network that isn't populated by gay jokes or regressive attitudes? I know I did a lot to help those attitudes along in my career, and I'm only now seeing that decorating my place with monuments to me is just reinforcing a lot of the toxicity I don't need in my life anymore. Signed, Sad Former Quarterback. (laughs) <laughs> um well look this is not exactly a rare problem these days is it? it it's it's hard for men to have meaningful male friendships a lot of the time i, I think um what uh our, our friend here needs to do is that he needs to first of all get rid of the the the, the self-aggrandizing statues yeah that that sounds well, weird. obviously yeah like, like no, just, I, just, I you don't need it you don't need it you're not I'm, gonna do you're not gonna impress anyone um, yeah, I'm not one to judge, but when you describe them as monuments to me, that's a little weird, quarterback. There's a few steps past, you know, diploma on the wall style of thing. Just roll it back a bit. The other, the other thing is, um, I think you need to. Nobody is impressed with a monster truck. Get something nice and um, get something you know affordable, reasonable, environmental, fr- environmentally friendly. Mm. Uh, show that you're concerned. Show that you're yeah. you're you're moving forward in your life. Um, Help, just just suggest that there's some depth to you. Uh, you could always, you know, head out to a park, enjoy being outside for a while. Don't worry about you know when your 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 time to shine is going to happen. Um, I know you're fond of sunglasses. Get some sun. Just mm. Walk around, enjoy some, enjoy yourself. Um, maybe get a new wardrobe. Uh, the the you you could find a style that really works for you in this decade. Yeah. Like, 
I, I love I love Hotline Miami, for example, and that's a, that's a game with a lot of uh, very eighties aesthetic. But I still wouldn't wear those clothes walking around outside. Um, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends um, whether or not it's things that the hipsters have picked up on yet. Yeah, true. Um, the the uh, the I mean, you know, cl- clearly, clearly, quarterback here cares about things and has some depth. If, if they're preserving eighties uh, and nineties action movies in VHS properly, that that's a that's a complex task. Well, I mean, he's also really well traveled. He has a lot of a story to tell that's you know that's beyond just the things that he's gotten celebrity for. You think about it, really. He's seen yeah. entire worlds differently than anyone. Yeah, um, and like may- maybe maybe tell you what uh, if, if you if you're uh, if you're enjoying those eighties and nineties movies, if you're connecting with them, it, it might be that it's because there's something about you that really resonates with that period of time or what that period of history means to you. So like. Wind it back in your head. Think about the things you liked at that point. Like not just not just the action movies, but like the things you wore and the things you watched and the things you were doing with your life. And maybe consider going back to that and you know giving that another shot and seeing if there are people who want to connect to that. Like you might find, I don't know, you might find Oprah fans or something who have you know a particular love of really obscure stuff. There, the internet's an amazing place for getting connected to people. I like how you called Oprah obscure. Stop stop quoting the Evil Dead for Christ's sakes. <laughs> and uh are, are, we, are we good for advice are we think we done that um look i'm gonna say when it comes to making friends uh you you just go out and you do the things that you're interested in like that is the best way to meet people who care about things that you might care about too uh you can't force these things but if you go and do something you sincerely enjoy and there are other people there who sincerely enjoy it too then that's a really good place to start. Yeah. All right. So, setting aside the letter, any guesses? No idea. <laughs> All right. Are we talking about Duke Nukem? Yes. Oh, so close. <laughs> and now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news that's fit to print for the month of October, two thousand and seven. Oh, do you my trees? Well, they're there. So. If anyone is is a uh, member of GOG, they would know that it's the 10th anniversary of the Witcher franchise coming to computers. Would they? Mm, because they haven't shut up about it. Well, of course not. It's their game. Yeah. <laughs> it, look it at is this completely... thing we made. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at this thing that we wound up after two attempts revolutionizing the gaming industry with. Woohoo! I hope they have also drastically overused the tub picture. <laughs> PC gamer hats. Everybody has, surely. I perfected it. Yeah. <laughs> now, the thing is, that 10-year window, you you wind it back, there's some other stuff that came out at that point, uh, which was you know kind of notable, particularly Portal and Team Fortress 2. Uh, they, they, you know, launched, and uh, you also got the first proper sequel to a, a Legend of Zelda game with a Phantom Hourglass. Continuing a long-running franchise, uh, you one of the earliest. The first sequel to the Legend of Zelda was Zelda Two. And Majora's Mask was a direct sequel. You know, I bet they'd fight you on that one. And no, they, if anyone is going to fight that, there's no Zelda continuity. It's me. <laughs> uh, you also got the very first of the Naruto video games, and you got um, 
a, uh, a one of the first cross-platform releases at the same time of a Tony Hawk game. So there was a this was a window of time where a lot of ongoing success happened. A lot of things that became important or lasted happened. See, there's also some garbage. We're at that bit where I normally ask you what the year was because I wasn't listening because I was trying to think of a sponsor. But uh, I'm just hearing 2000 and whatever. 2007. 2007. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to look at some games from 2007 that because didn't remember, go anywhere. Because remember, Portal is 10 years old. Yep. <clears throat> Portal is 10. <clears throat> so first up, because this is just the great place to start when you're talking about uh, uh, video games, we have a licensed game released to tie in loosely with a film. Yeah, uh, animated film, live action film. Animated film. It has a self-referential plot, and it was written by Tim Long, Matt Selman, and Matt Warburton. The game pokes fun at popular culture and other video games, and its publisher. Sounds insufferable. Uh, they have to save their own the, the characters of the game have to save their own 8-bit predecessors from Will Wright yeah that that Will Wright I, I should know who that is he's not the SimCity guy he's he is a, the SimCity guy he is guy. the SimCity Sim guy. Sim okay. guy yep uh, it was developed by Rebellion EA Redwood and Gryptonite uh, look uh, and is Wreck-It Ralph from 2007 no no uh, this uh, this this game received Best game based on a movie or TV show at the 2007 Spike Video Game Awards. It was nominated for Best Video Game Writing at the 2007 Writers Guild of America Awards. Oh, boy. Oh, it's Scott Pilgrim. No, it no, is... Scott Pilgrim was after that. <laughs> 2007? 2007, 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm having trouble with this. There are four playable characters. Is it Turtles game? No. Think... think Probably the biggest, most mainstream animated show for not kids. SpongeBob SquarePants? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, South Park? The Simpsons game. Oh, right. What movie? The Simpsons movie. Was that when the Simpsons movie came out? Was it 2007? Yes. Shit. Yeah, I thought it was ages before. Uh, it, it, it apparently uh, was was uh, not a well-handled game. It wasn't a well-handled uh, movie. Scoring 60% on the Wii release. Mm. All right. Is it called The Simpsons, The Movie, The Game? It's just called The Simpsons Game, because that's not confusing at all. Oh, of course. So, next up we have a game that wanted to revolutionize turn-based card video games. Turn-based card video games. Yes, that used probably one of the coolest but also more ridiculously elaborate pieces of peripheral material for a video Bait game platform at that point. Sorry? Baton Kados? No, no. This this required a very specialized piece of hardware to play. Um because you had physical cards. Is that does this um is this this giant Yu-Gi-Oh arm thing I keep seeing? Is, is that connect to a video game? No, but you're on the right track. Like a dual master thing? I can't hear no, you anymore. No. Did they do Skylanders with cards before they had toys? No. This was a PlayStation 3 game called Eye of Judgment. Mmm, I got nothing. Which was basically a, not quite Magic the Gathering, but Magic the Gathering style game where you had a little grid of cards in front of you and you did stuff. And there was a video game component that sat and watched you play and did things on screen based on what you were doing. 
It wasn't even like an opponent? Uh, no, you needed an opponent to play in front of you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the game is just a voyeur. Eye of Judgment promised multiple DLC packs and expansions, which only two of which were released. <laughs> they ain't good. In 2010, a PSP spinoff called Eye of Judgment Legends was released that did not use physical cards or playmat. <laughs> Why even bother? Yeah, it, it also tried to sell with boosters. Of course it did. Um, boosters were $4 US, Ooh. and thanks to import duties, making them part of a computer game, not a card game, uh, they sold for $9 Canadian. <laughs> that sounds totally worthwhile. $9 Canadian for eight cards. We're all kicking ourselves for missing out now. Meanwhile, Battle for- Meanwhile, um, World Wake was still in stores at the time. Shit, that's more than a dollar a card. Yeah. Wowie. And like like Jeb said, it World Wake was in stores. <laughs> World Wake's a pretty good magic set, people. Next up, we have another tie-in game. Yay. Those are never any fun. <laughs> this These one's a tie-in. <laughs> this this one's tie-in is so deep that the video game Shrek the Third in game includes a point where Shrek can sit down and play a demo of this game. Ooh, is it a kart racing one? <laughs> uh, technically it's a adventure game with some racing sections where you chase trucks. Where you chase trucks? Huh. The game received mixed or average reviews on all platforms. You know what? Okay, uh, I'm just gonna read synopsis and leave certain words out until you can work out what this is. Like a Garfield. blank a blank named Barry B. Benson stars on a new show known as The New Hive Tonight. On the show, Barry talks about how he changed the lives of blanks and humans, bringing them together. <laughs> yes! Oh, God. Fuck <laughs> oh, off. <laughs> the game... The game uses I guess we nothing... Make this fucking podcast gets one second faster. <laughs> The game uses nothing as a verb for an action you can do. Um, well, um, um, well, I mean. Which which leads to the sentence, Ken socializes with his guests as Barry Ken tries to nut Barry. What is wrong with that sentence? What the shit did I just hear? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. down. This page is not marked by Wikipedia as needing revision or work. According to Wikipedia, this page is fine. Right? Which is why the synopsis says... Barry Sue discovers that the humans steal their honey regularly, so he goes to get the honey back. After checking the storeroom at a supermarket and fighting Ken, Barry finds out... (laughs) Puts out what? (laughs) Nothing. You were a vampire? (laughs) Now, the control scheme in this game changes while you're playing it. There's a point in the PC version which starts out as WASD controls, and midway through the game, you have to start using the arrow number keys. You can't give me a game like this when I'm sick, man. (laughs) 
Uh, Should have just let the bean nut. <laughs> if you're using, is you're is using that what the, the bee is? I I just I, there's a Barry and a can from what I can tell, but I also swear to God I heard the name Barry Ken like it was one person. I think so. It might be Barry Ken, oh. or it might be that it might be that this wonderfully edited article that Wikipedia tells me is fine uh, is missing a period or two. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you're using a controller, the sequence where the control scheme changes, the camera control. And the movement control change stick. Are they like Voltron? They join together into one person. Bad again. <laughs> they do the, the fusion dance. These dance, right? Thing they do. It, are, they, are they both bees? I thought one of them wasn't a bee. I thought they were bees. Which, which, is, which bees. one is getting nutted? <laughs> Using the pollinator, players can blast through no, obstacles. Uh, they can, no, no. Making this up. <laughs> Banished. Please, I am trying to tell you serious things about this game that actually exists. As Barry yeah, Beeman, yeah, you're, players you're take on an adventure it. to save the bees' production of honey through New York City, a great honey-producing place, I'm sure. <laughs> players get to experience Barry's life within the hive and navigate their way around the world from the feature film using many techniques. Yeah. Players can drive through the city using race cars, scooters, taxi cabs, and trucks. No. Players can fly Barry at high speed through the sky. Fly is in quotation marks because apparently that's... <laughs> using the pollinator, players can It's not really flight, haven't you heard from physicists about bees? Or they can buzz to cause a chain reaction. Players get to stop time. Is that in inverted commas? Like bees do. Like bees do. <laughs> The video game features two multiplayer, two-person mini-games. I'm just saying, if you can only quote-unquote fly, but you can actually stop time, you can actually. Then stop I want to know what the sod is going on in this game. The sound, the voice acting cast for this game uses the movies, which is to say, Jerry Seinfeld, John Goodman, Patrick Warburton, and oh no, Tress McNeil. Tress McNeil, you're in SWAT Cats. You don't need to do this. <laughs> uh, now, so we, we've all had a nice bee cleanse. Stop dying. Nothing. 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 Not the bee. Nothing. Nothing. The Actually, I think not the bee is a name that, that Jeb mm. danced under. Please. I have class. <laughs> this is a dark fantasy themed action role playing game originally developed by Flagship Studios and released on October 31st, 2007. It was developed by a team led by Blizzard Entertainment former employees, some of which had overseen the creation of the Diablo series. <sighs> Thanks for them. I should you not have a hand in front of my mouth when I talk into a microphone. <laughs> Producer Bill Roper, Kenneth Williams. Is this design? Hellgate London? This is Hellgate London, yes. Which launched on midnight October 31st because... Ah, I thought I recognized <laughs> the name Bill Roper. Bill Roper and Flagship. Now, I'm not going to get too in-depth on what's wrong with Hellgate London, all right? It it was not a good game. <laughs> Spoiler, it had a lot everything. Of but, all right, this game launched trying to be a Diablo-style MMORPG in 2007 in October. So that was its first mistake. Right? And assume it was made competently. <laughs> if I tell you it declared... If I tell you this company then declared bankruptcy later, how long do you think it took the company to declare bankruptcy? If the game was Six made months. competently? February 2008. 
So just under six months. So close. So close. Now, Hellgate still exists because because Hanbitsoft, a South Korean gaming company, acquired the properties for... (laughs) Yes! Hanbitsoft. Just bite the hand off. (laughs) Yes! Hanbitsoft, in a continuation of doing everything ironically for this game, bought it, redeveloped it as free-to-play Hellgate London Resurrection in South Korea, where the maps are all based on Seoul. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... 2014, they also released an expansion that added Tokyo called Hellgate Global. <laughs> and you can't play it outside of South Korea. <laughs> Get all Hellgate wherever the fuck we are. <laughs> it's the secret world, but you can only play in Seoul. Uh, or now Tokyo, but only if you're from Seoul. <laughs> and finally, finally... Building on our theme of games that go nowhere. <laughs> we have a theme. Yeah, yeah. I There were a lot of great games released in this month. We're not talking about, you know, games that, that succeeded. <laughs> there were many great games released in 2007. <laughs> well, this, this one I, I'm going to have to split a hair in that I understand this game is it's decent. It's not great, but I understand there are some people who really like it. Um... Huh. But are they this wrong? game is an entirely linear... It's going to be like a Dark first... Souls or something, isn't it? You punk. <laughs> the game is an entirely linear... First... No, no, the whole point is this is games that went nowhere. All right? Yeah, I guess so... you were faking us out with like, oh, well, some people like this one, I think. Maybe they would argue with me. Uh, it's no. it's yeah. this incredibly Mario. popular thing. See, that would have been the a fun... joke. <laughs> the franchise fucking died. All right? <laughs> that's, that's the central point of what I was looking for. <laughs> there was not a second B-movie game. <laughs> All right, so this is a linear first-person shooter where you are fighting against alien-human hybrid troops and hostile alien creatures. Uh, they give the overtone of an open environment and some combat arenas, but are still ultimately linear. You travel around with a uh, a protagonist, uh, sorry, a secondary protagonist character who provides exposition and opens doors and stuff for you. Um, the Voice acting cast had ah, controversy. Yes, Bioshock Infinite. Uh, the the voice acting cast included some degree of controversy, where Lewis Gossett Jr. was replaced by Tony Todd, playing a race that doesn't speak English, and um, Adam Baldwin's in it. Fuck Adam Yo, Baldwin. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the composer is Kelly Bailey, but we don't know much about developer and publisher because the company that makes this game is aggressively unwilling to share that kind of credit and simply <laughs> labels it as by the company. That's a little weird. Yeah. And this game is itself a sequel. So a sequel that killed the franchise. It killed... The, well, I don't even think this thing killed the franchise. I think the franchise was already dead and people didn't realize because this only came out because the corpse kept twitching. <laughs> This game, this one featured a set piece where you had to pick up items and chuck them at enemies where they would stick. You had to do this on a timer and move around while you were kind of like under siege in a sort of tower defense thing. That doesn't seem bad. You, you had a buggy. It also introduced a character who you were supposed to have known for years and talked about you as if you, oh yes, I remember doing this thing with you back in the past that I, that maybe you would have come up at any point. Oh dear God. Because <laughs> uh, there was no episode three. There was no episode three. 
I knew it was going to be a fake out, you piece of shit. <laughs> Half-Life Episode 2. It's fucking Half-Life 2. Uh, uh, Half-Life 2? Yeah. The Half-Life that came out around that time and ended with Episode 2 accidentally. Oh, the <laughs> oh the critically acclaimed game that people are still eagerly waiting a sequel for. <laughs> yeah. It was a fake out and Talon is lying piece of shit. ba 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 Brought to you by liars. Filthy lies. Filthy lies. Filthy lies. Drown in your lies. Anyway, yes, that is our retro gaming news roundup. A bunch of games that didn't go anywhere. (laughs) As ever always, this show is uh, made in part thanks to the contribution and support of you, the listener, through our Patreon. We thank you very much for it and enables us to do such things as get a third mic and then spend the better part of a week fumbling with it, trying to make it work in a way that doesn't involve banishing Fox to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> we uh, we haven't done that. We'll, we'll let you know when we have. And also bashing our heads against Zencaster for three hours to record, a, to record an hour-long episode. Yeah, Zencaster. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, as ever always, she was Fox, they were Jeb, and I was Talon. Were you? As far as you know. Apparently, as always. So anyways, that was Fox. I, what did we do? I'm so confused. <laughs> Me too. What, one is Ken and one is Barry? <laughs> look, next, Just let the bee nut. Look, next week we're going to talk about Blade. And they can <laughs> drive cars and stop time?